It's great to be together this morning, and hopefully you, uh, you feel very welcome. It's great to have Mike and Ayumi back from Japan, visiting uh, Ayumi's family. Definitely the teens missed them. I know my son, uh, who's a teen, definitely missed uh, hanging out with Mike. But it's great to have all the families here in the Family Life Ministry. Uh, my name is Jamie Slabonik, and my wife and I, Anna, uh, we, are, we gratefully serve uh, here in the full-time ministry with the Family Life Ministry. So we're so excited to be able to, to, to give back and to help and serve so many people. I really appreciate the, the theme here for the next few weeks of free. And wasn't that video really cool? You know, you got a turtle, you know, the girl's trying to set the turtle free to go into its natural inhabitants, but the turtle's gotten used to being in a box. Can, can you relate to that a little bit? You know, kind of get used to doing the same thing over and over again, and there's an opportunity for freedom. And it's like, oh, I don't know, it's a little scary to, to take that step. And so last week, Peter did an awesome job. He, he did the first uh, part of free, and he talked about the bad news. He talked about what is it that we need to be free from. And so if you remember, I want to uh, encourage you that turn to the person next to you, and I want you to tell them you're ungodly. Just that. Don't go into it too much with them. Some of the wives are going, you're ungodly, and you forgot to take out the trash, and you forgot. To... No, but that's one of the things we talked about last week, that Christ died for who? The ungodly. And so we're at church, just like Mike said, of who? Ungodly people. So you might want to put your purse a little closer to you there, girls. Make sure your wallets are right there. No, I'm just kidding. But we, 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 uh, we are people that are striving to be free and understand that through God's word, there's so many awesome passages in the Bible that talk about being free. You know, what we're going to talk about today, we're going to review a little bit. So we're going to have to go back to some of the bad news just to kind of re re recall a little bit. And then we're going to talk about the answer. How do we get set free? And this stuff, it may come across as confusing. And, and spiritual type people or religious people, when things may seem a little confusing to normal people, church people just call it deep. But it's confusing. Sometimes the Bible could be a little confusing. Church people like to say, boy, that was really deep. So we're going we're gonna to get a little deep. Maybe it will be confusing for you. But hopefully by the end, we'll all be on the same page. And we'll all have a great time learning together. So last week, we talked about this. The problem may be that you don't know what the problem may be. Let's say that together. The problem may be that you don't know what the problem may be. That's deep, isn't it? That's deep. It may be confusing to you. But it's true, so many times in life, we, we really don't know what is wrong. We don't know what is the problem. So, you know, we got this car here. And how many, how many non-car guys are there here? Okay, I guess I'm the only one. Okay. 
I am not a car guy. I, I take it to Jiffy Lube, you know. I can't change oil. I can't even change a tire barely. Um, you know, my, my car, right now the engine light is on in my car. And I'm just praying it'll go away. <laughs> can, you, can you relate to me there? God, please, oh, there it is again. And so we're, we're, we, we, I don't, I don't want to know what the problem is because I don't want to pay a lot of money, but you know, that's sometimes how it is with our lives. We know there's a problem, but God, I just hope it goes away. But that's not how God wants us to deal with things in our life. You know, we all, in our, in our country here in the good old U.S. of A., you know, we talk about freedom and people, how they, they die for our freedom. We have troops overseas. They're giving their very lives for our freedom. You know, we talk about, you know, there are programs out there that talk about financial freedom. How many people here would love to have financial freedom? Absolutely. I mean, we, we, we want that. We talk about that. We talk about spiritual freedom. And honestly, in our society today, Spiritual freedom has kind of almost become cliche, kind of like a punchline. And I found a little video clip here that you may be able to uh, relate to here. Mike! Hold on, hold on, I gotta rewind that. Let's do that again. Turn the, turn the sound up. Shall set you free! Mike! Okay, that's from the movie Liar, Liar who, if you remember the story of Liar Liar, Jim Carrey, he was an attorney, and he made his living, curiously odd enough, by lying. I'm not saying that all attorneys lie, but in this movie, he did that, and he was cursed or blessed with the inability to lie for a day. And so he had to go through and he had to figure out how to actually tell the truth. And so this is a funny, funny clip that he actually uses the truth to be able to prove a case. And it's a pretty funny clip there. The truth will set you free. Let's look at our Bibles here over in Romans chapter 7. And we're going to pick it up where Peter left off last week with some, some really uh, deep teachings right here. Or it could be a little confusing. But I think we can all relate to this. Paul says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. <laughs> you don't have to be a religious person to understand what Paul is trying to say here. You know, you, you may say to yourself, I know I say to myself at times, why do I keep on blowing it in this way? 
Why do I fill in the blank? Why do I respond badly? Why do I take stuff from my work? Why do I yell at my wife? Why do I disrespect my husband? Why do I disrespect my parents? Why do I lie to my, fill in the blank. We all have things in our lives that we can relate to right here in the scripture. But Paul sums it up. He says, now if I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is what? Sin living in me that does it. I know it says does it. (laughs) Work with me here. See, the Bible says the reason why we keep doing what we do is because of the sin living in me. You know, Paul had a dilemma right here. Let's review and let's break down what he means here by the sin living in me. Now, you, you may be like, oh boy, here we go. We're going we're to start talking about stuff that's not very happy and fun. Don't worry, we're going to get to that point a little bit later. But again, you don't know what the problem is unless you know what the problem is. So we need to define it because, you know, the word sin can sometimes in our culture be kind of this mystical thing. You know, everyone sins and this sin, but the Bible is actually very specific about what he calls sin. So I thought... I would encourage you this morning. You ready to be encouraged? All right, check it out. My slides are acting a little weird here. Come on now. Here we go. All right. In Galatians chapter 5. Now let me just encourage you. If you're not a Bible person, if you're not a church-going person, the only reason why you're here this morning is because someone called you early and woke you up and got you out of bed, just go ahead and you can check the master's score right now that's going on if you're a guy. I don't know if girls you like golf or not, but the master's is going on right now. So if you're, if you're like a non-Bible person, you, you have my permission to go ahead and check out right here, okay? But for those of us who are Christian-type people, you remember when this, when this scripture was read to us. Let's read it together. It says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, oh boy, here we go. Impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. It's, he even memorized it. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, It doesn't even stop there. He says, and the like, everything else. Just so no one feels left out. I just want to make sure everyone here doesn't feel left out, okay? That's what what the Bible is telling us here. He says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, for, for those of us who are consider themselves Christians. You remember when you read this passage. I remember when someone showed it to me for the first time. I remember thinking in my mind, dude, I'm busted. This is the first time I felt busted. 
Like something that just described my life to a T. And I considered myself a Christian. I had grown up going to church all my life. But I, I had never seen this scripture. And as we went through it, man, it's just each one, there's maybe one or two that I wasn't really sure about. But sexual morality, impurity, debauchery, all these things just hit me. Selfish ambition. And I thought about relationships that I had in my life. I thought about relationships that I had with women and how every girlfriend that I ever had always broke up with me. I mean, I'm working it out right here. Every girlfriend I ever had, they always broke up with me. I'm like, what is the, you guys, the, the women are bad. But what it was is I was so selfish. And all I wanted was for me to get what I wanted and for me to feel good. And I thought about, think about that in, in all my relationships as I studied the Bible. It was all about me and what I wanted and what would make me feel good. Fits of rage. I remember my brother, older brother, but he was littler than me. He was six foot two, <laughs> smaller than me. But as a kid, when I was about 11, he was 15, I was getting to be about the same height as him. And he, he ticked me off so badly. Can you relate to this teens with your brothers and sisters? He made me so mad that I chased him around the house. And he went inside of his door and they closed the door and I got my foot in the door right at the right time. And I pushed and I broke the door down because I was so angry of what he did to me. I had a problem with anger. In college, I had just become a Christian. Check this out. I had just gotten baptized, was a disciple, and my roommate was a non-Christian. And he came back late from a party one night, and he was a little drunk, as most, you know, a lot of college people are. And he came in, he's like, what's your problem? I'm like, nothing, man, I'm just, you know, I'm just chilling here. He's like, what's your problem? I'm like, nothing, what's your problem? And he comes over to me and he starts to fight me. I'm like, dude, the guy is like this tall, okay? I'm like, dude. And I was like in really good shape back in college. And, and I said, dude, get off me. And I'm, I'm trying to, I do not do what I want to do. I do not do what I want to do. And, and he goes to hit me and I hit him back. And he's like, he gets up, he takes my keys and he throws them out the 10 story window. I went off. And I beat him up. He was bleeding. I'm a Christian. About four months old as a disciple. Beat this dude up. I called up my, my friend who helped study the Bible with me, who showed me this scripture. I'm like, dude, 
I just beat up my roommate. He's like, okay, well, just, get, go, just get out of the room, get out of the room. So we all have this struggle, don't we? We all have this struggle of what this passage here says. He says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let's read another scripture here. Matthew chapter 7. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You know, that list that we just looked at there in Galatians 5 that described my life to a T, maybe as you read it, maybe as you're leaning in, listening here this morning, maybe that's something that describes your life right now. And I had to realize for me, I was building my life on something that would not last. I was building my life on the sand, as we read here in the scriptures. You know, Jesus said, these are Jesus' words. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The winds came, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Why did it fall? Because it had its foundation on the rock or God's words. See, when we made the decision to make Jesus Lord and to be set free, which we're going to get into here in a few minutes, we made the decision to no longer build our lives on something that will not last, to not build our life on the foundation of sand, but the foundation that is the rock. I'm going to show you a couple pictures here. All right, this is a house down in Miami, Florida, in Key Biscayne. And the name that this, ha the town that this house is a part of is interestingly enough called Stiltsville. Okay? This is a house that's in the middle of Key Biscayne that's built on stilts. Here's another house that's built on stilts. And I remember, it was probably back in 1991 or 92, before Hurricane Andrew hit South Florida. And I, I'm a professional musician, and I was on a gig. And they didn't tell us where the gig was gonna be. We knew we had to meet at a certain place right by the ocean. And so I get there with my sacks, and I, I get out of my car, and I walk over to where they're at, and there's a boat there. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I said, okay, everybody get on the boat. So guys are putting their drums on the boat. We're all getting on there. I'm like, where are we going? And they said, we're, we're going, the show is in the, in the middle of the ocean on a house like this. I was like, I mean, I was like 20 years old. I'm like, this is cool, okay. Well, let's check this out. So we get out there 
And we, all, we load all of our stuff on the inside of the house and we're, we're tucked away in a corner and um, there's probably four or 500 people there, okay? And this house really doesn't show up, but on, on the house that I was on, in, there was a huge deck and the house is probably maybe a little bit bigger than that that we see there. And so it's a beautiful day in South Florida, but you know, South Florida, the weather changes like this. The snap of the fingers. It can be beautiful and glorious outside. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we, I look outside and look through a window, which there's no glass window, it's just an open air window. And I see like darkness coming. And the rain is starting to come. And so we're playing music, we're all having a good time, and, and all of a sudden you can start filling little, little drops of water from the rain come down. And guess what happens to all those two or 300 people that are outside? They don't want to get rained on. So they all make their way into the little home part. Home part, yes. And so now it is, everyone is jam-packed into this little area, four or 500 people. Okay, imagine all of us here in a room that's like 20 by 20, 20 by 30. It's like sardines. And so we're there, thank goodness I put my saxophone in its case. And so everybody comes in and everyone's like, you know, trying to have fun with it. And then lo and behold, the conga player, the Latin guy, he's like, let me play a beat on the congas. So he starts. And so when people, when that, when people hear that, guess what they start doing? And so then all of a sudden I'm sitting there on the window area uh, and I lean over to the bass player, I'm like, dude, is this place like moving? <laughs> and now it's torrential downpour. It's, it's blazing, pouring down rain. I'm like, oh my goodness. And this, we're just going like this, back and forth. And no one's stopping, of course. Then all of a sudden, the floor of the, of the house goes from like this to like this. And the band was down here. So I, I caught myself on the window. There was, another, there was another girl that was sitting there in the window. She fell out the window. So everyone went from woo, party, party, to oh my God, we're gonna die. And I was the closest one to the window. And so people start yelling at me, get out, get out. But I, I am actually stuck because the speakers moved and they pinned me up against the, the wall. So I couldn't actually get out. So I had to literally start throwing people out of the window to get out, threw them into the water. And my saxophone was right beneath my feet. I was like, thank God, nothing's wrong with my sax. <laughs> and so one, one woman, she broke her back. 
Another person broke their leg. It, it was on CNN News. That night, I got a call from my parents. Did you see what happened in the Kibiscane? I was like, uh, Dad, I was on that house. I was in that house. They're like, oh, my God. You know how parents are. Oh, my God. Come home. Oh. I'm like, I'm okay. And I was able to get out okay. And I, I was able to get my saxophone, praise God. Um, but, but I was able to be okay. So what, what is the point of all the, the story? God allowed that to happen to me for a reason. Do not build your house on the sand. Because if you build your house on the sand, a little wind's going to come in your life. A little rain's going to come in your life. It's going to blow against it, and guess what's going to happen? It's going to fall with a great crash. Let me ask you here today, what are you really building your life on today? If you're trying to build your life on a relationship, it'll crash. If you're trying to build your life on good finances, it'll crash. If you're trying, if I could just have a girlfriend, if, if my marriage would just be okay, no, it's gonna crash. God wants us to build our house on the rock. You know, back in Romans chapter seven, You know, all of us in here that understand what it means to, to build our house on the, on the rock, when we were studying the Bible and we saw what our life was really like and what we were building our lives on, we came to the realization that we see that Paul came to the realization in, in, in Romans chapter 7. He says, what a wretched man I am. This is the apostle Paul. And he understood, man, with, without Christ, without Jesus, I am a wretched man. Now, for him to say this, I don't think it was some small sin. Not that we, we can, you know, judge each sin by, you know, how bad they are. But he, he saw, man, I'm a wretched man. It wasn't like I, I speed five miles over the speed limit. Oh, what a wretched man I am. It probably wasn't that. It probably wasn't, honey, I'm sorry I didn't clean the dishes. What a wretched man I am. No, I'm sure Paul, just like you and I, had good days and he had bad days. I'm sure we can all ask ourselves this question or this statement. I would do anything to change blank. What would that be? And if I could just change this. And sometimes we can ask the wrong question. We can ask this. What will rescue me? We can ask what will rescue me. And we can, we can fill our lives up with things that may have, a meet, have short gratifying results but are not long-term. What will rescue me? We could think if I had a better job, if I had a, a better-looking girlfriend, if my marriage was better. But that's not the question that Paul asked. Paul asked, who will rescue me from this body that is subject 
to death. And what does he say? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, see here, Paul, he doesn't ask what will save him. He asks who. And this is the good part. This is the the answer to the solution of being set free. Who will set me free? It says, thanks be to God who delivers me, what? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The only way to be set free from that list that we saw is through Jesus Christ. The solution isn't what, but who can save. Just like the song we sang, Mighty to Save. The answer as to why we struggle with overcoming is because we can focus on the what instead of the who. We will change when we focus on Jesus. See, I believe that counseling is an awesome thing and can help, help us to, to come in contact with, with things that we've been hurt with in the past. I, I, I've, gone, I've done it, I've gone through it, I've had help with things from my past. But there's no substitute for Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate counselor. And if we look to Jesus as the answer, that we can be set free from. All right, so let's check this out. The Wi-Fi is kind of interesting here. All right, Romans chapter 6. This is what Paul says. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in resurrection like, the, like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. See, Paul, he, he's talking a lot here. And he starts out by saying something very, very controversial. He says that, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized in his death? That when we are baptized into Christ, we participate in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We actually go back 2,000 years and we're buried with him through baptism and we die with Jesus. And when we're raised up, we're raised just like Jesus was resurrected. We're raised up to a brand new life. We're we're a new creation. 
See, baptism is something that's very controversial out there. People have a lot of different thoughts on it, but it's, it's, very, it's very simple. When you just read the scriptures, it's not just a symbolic thing. It, it's an actual participation in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're unapologetic about that. Because we believe that is truly how we are set free from sin. Not just the dunking, but we'll read it in in another scripture here. That we have faith, that we believe that we are participating in that death, burial, and resurrection. Check it out here. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So the question is, at what point do we die? According to the scriptures, we die when we are baptized into Christ. (laughs) Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? At what point do we die when we're baptized into Christ? Because anyone who has died has been free from sin. thing is just spinning here. I'm sorry. All right, check this out. Let's look over in Acts chapter 2. Are you still with me here? I apologize for the technical difficulties we're having here. But I think we're getting the point. Because I believe all of us want to have that true freedom. And we're going to look at an example here where now we're going to look at Peter. And we're going to look at a message that he spoke. In Acts chapter 2, he says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. What was Peter's message here to the people? Very simple. God made this Jesus, whom you crucified. He, He wanted people to take responsibility, for us to take responsibility for the death of Jesus. And so what did he, what did, how did the people respond? It says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They heard the message. They had to choose whether or not they believed it. And it's obvious that they believed it because it said when they heard it, they were cut to the hearts. All of us in here have been cut to the heart by something in life. What were they cut to the heart by? They were cut to the heart because they realized that they killed the Son of God. They killed Jesus. They took responsibility for it. And how did they respond? They said, brothers, what shall we do? And what did Peter say? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, who do we see freedom from? We get our freedom through Jesus Christ. He says, repent. What does it mean to repent? It means to turn. I used to think it meant to ask forgiveness. Anybody here relate? Ever thought that? I thought repentance meant to ask for forgiveness. No, that's wrong. I was wrong. Repentance means to turn away from. That list in Galatians 5 that we looked at means if you're doing those things, you go the exact opposite way. 
If you're in an immoral relationship, you stop. If you're doing drugs, you stop. If you're being disrespectful to your husband, you stop. If you're not treating your kids, you're not loving your kids, you're not spending time with your kids, you stop it and you repent of that. It says repent and then what? Be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the forgiveness of your sins. There it is in plain day. Very simple, very simply stated. What happens when you're baptized? Your sins are forgiven. You're set free from sin. That wall that separates us from from God is broken down and we're now in a relationship with God. We participate in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and we're set free from our sin. We receive the forgiveness of our sins and we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It says the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. See, I believe there are so many, there's a lot of people here this morning. And I know this may not be the typical type of message that we usually get. But there are a lot of people here this morning. I just want to encourage you. You're, you're, you're in that valley of decision. What should I do? What should I do? And I want to encourage you to listen to Peter right here. Listen to Paul. The only way for true change is through Jesus Christ. The only way to truly change is to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you want to be that new creation? What would you look like as a new creation? Beautiful. Perfect. Right. I remember when I, when I got baptized 22 years ago. And I came up out of the water and I'm like, God, I don't want to think about anything bad. <laughs> Just let me think about you. I, 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 was, I was blameless. I was perfect in the eyes of God. And God is calling you, those of you who've been staring at the Bible, and you know it's right. You just have to take that step and decide that you're no longer going to be a slave to sin, but you're going to be set free and live for God. I wanted to say last week, it was very encouraging, you know, because this scripture here talks about for you and your children. Last week we saw Amanda Sanchez, who was one of our teens, get baptized and was united in Christ with her family. Is she here? Stand up. So that's awesome. When you choose to build your house on the rock, it's going to make a forever impact on your family. You may, you may, in your family, your family, you may feel like it's falling apart. You may be going through a challenge. You may be going through a hard time. Jesus is the answer. Let's get ready to wrap it up here. Romans chapter 6. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you, that you obey its evil desires. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are no, not under the law 
but under grace. This is a very powerful statement. And for those of us who are Christians, if we could just wrap our minds and hearts around this, sin shall no longer be my master. Because you've been set free. If you've been baptized as a disciple of Jesus, you've been set free. And what happens is our sinful nature, after we've been, we become disciples, we can, our sinful nature can kind of want to come back. Can you relate to me right here? Where you want to beat up your roommate kind of thing. We forget, if that starts to happen, it's because we're forgetting that sin is no longer my master. And why is that? It's because I know for me, when, I start, when I'm being tempted and, and, and giving in a sense, because I've lost my gratitude for what Jesus did for me on the cross. Because you know what? It's a, it's a lot harder to sin when I'm praying. <laughs> it's a lot harder to sin when I'm thinking about Jesus. Is that true for you? I think so. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I want us to say this together. Sin is not my master. I am dead to sin, but alive to God. Let's say that again. Sin is not my master. I am dead to sin, but alive to God. So when you're on your way and you're filling that pool of sin, I want you to say this under your breath. Say it with me again. Sin. One more time. That's free. God's desire for us, the good news, is the way to be set free is through dying. Through repentance through being baptized, through participating in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. At this time, I'm going to say a prayer. We're going to take up the, we're going to take the communion, and then I'll come back with a few remarks, and then you'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you so much for your son that went on the cross and died for me, died for all of us here, God, that we will be, we'd be set free from our sin, God. We thank you for, for living that life and calling us to, to, to follow you and to, to live a life worthy of the calling. God, I pray that we will decide to, to put our lives on the rock because if we build our lives on the sand, it'll come crashing down. We understand, Father, the only way to be set, to set free is through you. God, thank you for dying for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.